0: Hey whores, I've got something to share. I love magic wands and I love anal toys, so I've partnered with LaWand and B Vibe to get you the best discounts on their entire site. From now until June 30, get 20% off the entire store by using code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout. Get yourself a rumbly magic wand or even a rimming plug and get you coming, baby. That's LAWAND and B Vibe, and use code Sex Ed with Tim for twenty percent off both stores. Check the description for more details, and I'll see you at your next orgasm. Mwah! The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishnawbek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaties, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands.
1: You're listening to Sex Said with Tim. <laughs>
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sex Head with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I'm a sex educator. I identify as chaotically gay. And listeners, what do I have in common with a clitoris? Well, seems like men can't seem to find me no matter how hard they try. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God
0: oh my goodness yes yes i know they can't find me that's why i'm gonna stay single forever but it's not all about me uh today we are continuing the conversation all about the female orgasm yes oh my god so exciting so if you have made it this far into the show thank you so much i hope you are leaving your reviews on apple Podcasts, you're following the show Uh, You're subscribing to my Patreon. Love you for that. Um, But again, if you've made it this far into the show, you know that we have already talked about the female orgasm with April and Amy from Shameless Sex. Now, I want to continue the conversation of the female orgasm from a psychological perspective because that episode was all about like techniques like masturbation, how to touch yourself, and like setting candles uh, in the bathtub or whatever you want to do with your hands. So... I have here today a very, very beautiful special guest. Her name is Paloma de la Rose, aka MoMA. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing well. Very, very happy to be here. Um, actually, I was like thinking and how like how funny you started everything because um, I don't know, like it's fine to find a clitor- it's hard to find a clitoris, right? <laughs>
0: It's almost difficult even though it's right there it's very difficult for the straight men to find the clitoris I know. it's like literally the button facing you right there come on please yes oh my goodness yeah. as as obvious as it is I think you're going to have to help them. I hope they listen to the show, this episode, and we can help them. So uh, first of all, Moma, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in sex education and sex therapy, all that stuff.
1: Okay, well, so I have a, a background in psychology. I, I first started like my journey in mental health studying uh, like a psychology field. And then I went to like to do a master in sex and couples therapy. So I was feeling very, very, I was working and everything in like in a hospital back in Dominican Republic, my country. And I remember that I was like so, so, so uh, stressed that I always see like this orgasm and orgasmia cases. And I was like, oh my God, there's a lot of women that struggle with this and And then, like uh last year, I decided to start coaching and mentoring women that have a hard time achieving orgasms and that struggle with different kind of in orgasmia, so that's what I do. I do like online courses I do one on one coaching, I do group programs too, and I'm very uh interested in in this topic because for me it's one of the most um, topics that women don't talk about. And it's so important because I believe that if a woman is not happy in their, in their sex life, they're not happy in other areas of their life.
0: If they're not happy in their sex life, they're not going to be happy in other parts of their life. Yes. Oh, my God. I feel that so much because for me personally, when I am like, not orgasmic or like I'm feeling very low and I'm not performing well in the bedroom. I just like, I'm tired. I want to sleep all day. I don't want to Um, touch myself. I don't want to talk to me. I don't want to do work. So I'm glad that you're doing very important work. Uh, Muchas gracias.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Muchas gracias.
0: Um, I want to start the show first by describing what exactly is an orgasm. Now I know this may be um, a, a little difficult to like explain. So and it might be subjective because only you can feel your own orgasm, right, Mama? So uh, we'll we'll try to like make a general statement or whatever. But what exactly is an orgasm? What does it feel like? What does it look like when you have one? You know, all that.
1: Okay. Okay. So as you say, it's actually hard, like, to define orgasms and like to be because i believe everyone everyone everybody has a different uh different definition of orgasms and they are all right because every person experiences orgasms different but for me an orgasms is like uh like coming back to life i i believe that orgasms is the climax that we need to 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 have to feel connected to our body and to into and ourselves
0: Okay, I love that. Um, w- is there like any um, anything that's happening in the body? Like, uh, what does our skin look like? Because I always get this like um, this comment when after I come, they're telling me like, "Oh, you look like you just got fucked," or like, "You look like you just had sex." I'm like, "How can you tell? What do you mean? I tried very hard to hide it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, know, what does it look oh like God, when you orgasm? True. I mean, like. Um... When you like have an orgasm, um, uh, it's it's actually funny because you you can tell because people have this relaxed face and they are like they just look like they they have been like having a good time if you know what I mean like they feel what I what I think when I when I see like a uh, a man orgasming orgasming is like they are just in their be- best state of of life like you know like they are the best moment because they are releasing hormones they are releasing like endorphins dopamine so i think um it's the best state that you can be so that's why it's so like uh so so easy to identify when a person just had an orgasm or not
0: okay so it's the the like your skin and how you're feeling uh now i gotta I guess, like, from most of my straight male clients, what they're looking for when they're trying to please their female partner is squirting. Like they think that she is only having an orgasm if she's squirting. Can you go a little bit into why, like, is that right or wrong? Where is that like myth coming from?
1: Yeah, that that's that's a misconception that people have because, um, you can I mean like every every woman uh doesn't have like the ability to squirt. They say that yes, every woman has, but no, and actually there there's no there's no like uh like a uh, direct um direct implication in this. I mean like if a woman is some, some women squirt and don't particularly have an orgasm and some women have both together. And some women just have orgasms and not a squirt. So this is something like it's very, very depends on the like on the ethnic and the like where they come from. I, if like, let me explain what I mean. Like, there's a saying that it's more easy for like African women to have a squ- to 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 actually experience a squirt than for Caucasian women. So is it something that has to do with like more with like ethnic and um like cultural yeah cultural yeah
0: okay so but but like it's not the same as having an orgasm squirting and orgasming are two very different things yeah
1: two very different things
0: okay now is anyone able to squirt and is that the same as like that feeling of an orgasm now it may not be an orgasm but like is that squirting almost orgasmic
1: mm, well i think the answer is is like no or or because for example let me my, i have a client that she struggled she she had an, an orgasmia, and she actually squirt squirt so in this case, I, I I started to notice the the difference between them because she was struggling with orgasm. She told me that I score, but I don't feel in coming, so I don't feel in getting to the climax. So it's it doesn't have to like there's no relation in them, even though they can happen together, but there's no relation.
0: Okay, wow, that's very interesting. Hmm. What about multiple orgasms? Because I know that like women are more capable of having multiple orgasms than men. Now, I haven't been with a woman in quite some time because hello. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm curious to know like is is there something in the physio- physiological point, like in the physiology of a woman that makes them more uh, able to have multiple orgasms than it is compared to a man?
1: Yes, definitely. The answer is definitely yes because, um, as we don't have ejaculation, we can come uh, like in very uh, short time again, and this is not possible for men because they have like the re- re- um, el refractory period. Yeah, yes. I was about to tell him in Spanish, but thanks. Um, yes, so that's why women are more easily to experience multiple multiple orgasms and. Is I mean, like, it's one of the best in the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. I feel like a female orgasm is, like, way, way, way more powerful than a male orgasm because it's, I, I can just imagine because, like, you know it feels like if you're a woman and you're having an orgasm it's like your hair is blowing in the wind and the birds are singing the butterflies are flying yeah (laughs) or as if it's a guy it's just like and then i'm just like i know
2: yeah
0: oh my god so i wanted to ask um more about like your uh practice because it is mainly in like mental health and psychology what do you notice in your clients is like a common pattern when it comes to the struggle of achieving an orgasm
1: like you the the question is like what what i see more more often or
0: yeah yeah like the what is there something like a pattern that you see in clients like oh uh he just doesn't know how to please me or like I am just not feeling orgasmic like I think my pussy is broken. Is there something that you know is like a trend in your clientele?
1: Yes, actually the thing that I see more like more often and it's very common is like women with uh, an, a an situational anorgasmia. Um there's like this kind this type of anorgasmia is the one that they can actually have orgasms in solo sex or masturbating. But they can achieve orgasm with a partner, and um, like their the root of this is because they they like have some trust issues or some emotional blockage or limiting belief around sex and orgasms, so they like they don't trust their partner enough to come with them.
0: Oh, they don't trust their partner enough to come with them. Why is that? Where is that mental block coming from? like what's affecting? Their ability to trust their partner in order for them to be able to have that orgasm. Like I hear so much about um, the orgasm gap, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. like I guess for me, it's a really like difficult for me to understand how this orgasm gap exists mainly because I always have sex with men, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I want to know what's this orgasm gap? How are we better able to close it? What even causes this gap in the first place?
1: So what like what causes this most of the time in my practice that is what what I see is that they have like some particular sexual trauma involved so that's why they just like uh relieve the trauma sometimes when they are with a partner and that's why they don't they can achieve orgasms and as i say another common cause of this is how they grew up thinking or how their parents talk about it, about sex. Like if they talk about that, this is, you know, that sex is still like something taboo in, in society. So most of them like grew up thinking that pleasure, is, that sex is only for men to have pleasure and not women. So it's not like some, it's always mental because when they, when clients come to me, I always ask them, did you go to the, to the doctor to, to talk about this problem that you can achieve orgasms? And they say, yes, everything is okay. Clinically, clinically I'm okay. But then that's when I know it's something mental or something that they just like make out in their, in their, in their minds. You know what I mean? Like, so it's all about this, this contract, this like like, Making this this a, a switch in their minds about sex and about orgasms and about pleasure and about all that stuff.
0: So they're they're creating their own narrative. Yeah, right. They're making yeah. they own these stories. stories up in their head. Like I should be this. I should be that. Like, mm-hmm. That's so hard. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then they act like from from a place of of judgmental then, Like you know, like they just always they are not present in, in intercourse. They're just thinking like, oh, uh, he's going to be thinking that, I'm going to be thinking that. And they just like feel bad about it. So that's why they don't enjoy sex.
0: Oh, what, what what's there to feel bad about? Sex is great. Sex is amazing. Is I'm, that just like more of like a religious guilt or? Yes. like what What's yeah, going on most there? Most
1: of the time it has to be with religious stuff and how they were, in, in which religion they were raised. Because, you know, like, in most of the religions they they don't allow or they don't talk about women having pleasure they see only sex just to propagate or to have a family or blah 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 so they just like feel bad about it because they are they thinking that they, they have they've been doing something bad
0: oh my god because like most religions are very like sex negative mm-hmm. i don't think i've heard of a religion that like proactively advocates for sex and then to reach that like, you know, that enlightened feeling.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
0: want a religion to be like, I want you to have a, an orgy right now and then see yeah, see yeah. Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> yeah, be v- oh.
0: Uh, if only that was real. So um, I want to go back a little bit uh, because we're dropping some like psychology terms here. Uh, and like the factors that affect uh, the female orgasm. Uh, let's start first with trauma. What is trauma, sexual trauma? how and how does that affect our ability? or how does that affect a woman's ability to have an orgasm?
1: Okay, so sexual trauma is everything that is like something that a woman didn't want to be in. Um, this, this includes, um uh, like, um, violation, uh, sexual assault and, and like in the root of that, they, they develop a sexual trauma because they, they were in a situation that they didn't, they didn't want to be in. And, um, the, the, the thing that also like most of the time affects the sexual trauma, most of the time affects in the orgasms because, As I was explaining before, people, uh, women start to like link the fact of this this sexual past trauma with every like every new partner they they enter a relationship with, or every new partner that they just want to to have sex with, so they just relieve this, and that way they can even achieve orgasms because that's what they are thinking, you know? So it's like the trauma is relieved every time they have a sex again.
0: Oh, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. Like when they start to get like, you know, even like a hug, it's going to trigger like a very negative memory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. I hate that. That's such a, like, an awful way to, like, it's it's such an awful event for you to experience and then it like affects your ability to come oh how do you even start to unpack that just like from your personal experience with working with clients who are dealing with sexual trauma like how do you approach them
1: okay so first thing that i do is to to know which kind of inorgasmia they are experiencing because after the sexual trauma they can like uh, develop, uh, three uh, whichever three types of or anorgasmia. For example, primary Wait,
0: uh, anorgasmia being like the inability to have an orgasm, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Right. So they they there's like primary anorgasmia that applies to a woman who has never experienced an orgasms by any means of stimulation. There's secondary anorgasmia that refers to the to the case in which a woman was previously orgasmic, but currently anorgasmic. And there's situational anorgasmia that uh, relates to the condition in under which a woman might or might not achieve orgasms uh, like by herself, but, but not with a partner. So, I mean, this, anorgasmia is a common problem that affects an estimated of like 24 or 37% of women and um, yeah that's a big uh statistic like
0: oh my gosh that's that's too many that's too many we need to have every single woman out there having an orgasm yeah
1: <laughs> yes so so first thing what that i do is just to know which type of inorgasmia this woman has or my client has and then that way i know which path to take with her because um for example situational inorgasmia um is for me the most easy to, to, to treat or, you know, because they, they, I can, I just have like a session with, with her and their partner. And I first uh, need to know if she's having the right stimulation, because if she doesn't have in the right stimulation or this guy is not, no doesn't know where the clitoris is, you know, <laughs> like she doesn't have any inner she just has like a bad partner. So, yeah, I think that first thing is to to just know which type of anorgasmia this woman is struggling, to know
0: Okay. Just so I'm understanding this correctly, the three types of anorgasmia. Primary anorgasmia, meaning they've never had an orgasm before. Mm-hmm. Secondary anorgasmia, meaning they were previously orgasmic and now they can't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the third type of orgasm anorgasmia is situational where there are specific situations where they can't have an orgasm? Uh,
1: yeah. Mostly we like,
0: yeah, graduated. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So where would you or how would you categorize trauma? Would that be secondary or tertiary? Like is that the second type of orgasm or the the third type of anorgasmia? The
1: third type.
0: It would be the third type because it's yeah. a situation, right? Yeah, but absolutely. also like I, I feel like because of that trauma, you are now unable to have an orgasm Uh prior to that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Is it kind of like either the second one or the third one?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. The the second one or the third one,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's like a very tricky conversation to have with their clients, right? Because you're trying to see, you know, how do I approach this with the most sensitivity or like trying to figure out Ooh, let's I, I don't want to sound insensitive because like maybe it's not traumatic. Maybe there's just a different spot on the body that you find more pleasurable now than you did before. Oh wow.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's tricky. How do you how do you like start that conversation? Because like I feel from a client's perspective, it would be very awkward if I were to just tell this random stranger hey, my pussy is not working anymore. I need help.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Like, uh, first thing that I recommend is before my session is to do like a meditation, mindfulness or or something or like a breath exercise because this triggers a lot of anxiety in them and they don't feel like awkward telling me because they are like actually interested in working in the problem. But it still creates a lot of anxiety and like a lot of shame too. So I don't know, but what, what I've found in my practice is that they don't feel like ashamed of, or te- of telling me stuff. They are just like very, very um, frustrated and they just want to resolve st- stuff. So they just want to be honest so they can like get the results with me.
0: Oh, that's good. They have to start honestly or else like yeah. the session is not gonna go anywhere.
1: Yes, yes. And I okay. um point first.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and then you can be honest with others so that you can have that beautiful orgasm or squirt or whatever you wanna whatever. Yeah. wanna yeah. feel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. Hello, all my little sluts! It's me, Mama Slut! Hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just wanted to hop on here real quick to let you in on a sexy little deal. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do, only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalecuda.com, that's DaleKuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A dot com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me. 25% off. And, cherry on top, free shipping, oh my god. <laughs> I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and... Girl, mm, I'm wearing it right now, I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there, and I'm on the train and I'm just like, oh, uh, oh, thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's DaleCuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey, <laughs> Hey, you disgusting pervs. We all like sex toys, right? Nipple clamps, vibrators, masturbators, oh my. Good For Her has one of the best selection of sex toys, learning resources, online workshops, and gender expression materials you can't find anywhere else. Go to goodforher.com and use code SEXHEADWITHTIM10 for 10% off your purchase of any of the toys bought online. That's goodforhe com and the code sexedwithtim t h t i m one zero at checkout for 10% off your purchase of any of the toys bought online. And they ship worldwide. Trans-inclusive, feminist, and pleasure-focused, Good For Her has been doing the Lord's work since 1997, bringing you everything you need to get that, uh, uh... Uh. the show is about to begin yes next up on my list of orgasm terms is disorgasmia what is disorgasmia
1: well disorgasmia you mean inorgasmia because um I mean, like, um, it's almost...
0: Actually, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right, but um, uh, what I heard is, like, this pain that you feel after you have an orgasm.
1: Oh, dispareunia.
0: Oh, yes, there we go. Uh Yeah, sorry. I must have read the wrong thing, but, yeah, can you go a little bit more into that?
1: Yeah, dispareunia is when, like, a woman experiences pain during... not during the orgasm experience, specifically but during the intercourse. And this is something more even more hard to treat because um sometimes they don't even know where the pains come. They just like they can even like have a proper penetration because of this pain. So so I mean like for me is it's more hard because I need to work with, with like a hand, like with the with a gynecologist and them like i don't i can i can treat this alone because they need to know if this like i mean if if everything is okay inside if they have like their vagina okay they have everything okay because most of the time it's medical and not and not feel like not psychologic
0: oh okay so when uh sorry uh, i'm gonna say it again this per
1: this this yeah
0: Dysperonia. Okay. So when a client does come to you with dysperonia, do you uh, actively seek up like a gynecologist, obstetrician, or whatever uh, with them so that you and this other medical professional can both treat that client together?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's good. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm.
0: What are, so I, I don't know if you would know this, but like, what are some of the, the causes of dysperonia?
1: Well, some of like, um, as I say, dyspareunia is pain associated with intercourse. So, um, some of the causes is like if the they have some women struggle with dryness in their vagina. So they they that's I mean like this is the easiest uh, kind of dyspareunia that can be treated because they just they just need they just need to use look and it's all you know like they are set and like sometimes. I don't know, like the uh, cause I think is linked to sexual trauma in their childhood or in the teenage years or like a traumatic first experience in sex.
0: Mm, Sometimes and uh, their body just reacts yeah, really. yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Well, lesson learned you always use lube no matter what (laughs) even if you have an orgasm or disorder yeah
1: and there's women that uh develop dyspareunia for a period of time after having a baby too that's another cause
0: really yeah oh wow but like you can still be orgasmic after childbirth right
1: yes yes for sure
0: yeah i've also heard that like uh there are some women out there who are able to have an orgasm during childbirth is that true
1: yeah yeah there's some uh, docu- uh like there's some kind of w well no kind there's some cases of a uh, woman that has like an orgasm having having a baby but i don't know it's weird <laughs> i i don't see it often in my in my practice or stuff it's kind but of but it does happen yeah it does happen yeah
0: Ooh wow that like i kind of wish i could like have an orgasmic birth like that that would make like delivering a kid so much more yeah, I <laughs> pleasurable know, i
2: know
1: <laughs> i think of that a lot like i don't know how i'm gonna do that but wow i'm proud of everyone that do it that does
0: yeah oh my gosh <laughs> Tell the doctor, Yeah, hey, I just want the baby just so I can have an orgasm. Give the baby to daddy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want <laughs> oh, Give me a break because I'm going to have such a full body orgasm. After having the baby, let daddy do the breastfeeding for the next little while.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I wish. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's also this other term that I came across, and it's called persistent genital arousal disorder now from what i read it's like your genitals are always going to be like aroused even by like the smallest movement or something and like that means you are very prone to having an orgasm almost all the time that sounds great for me but i'm pretty sure that could be a very, very awful experience if you were living with that. So, um, I w- my question is, could you clarify what exactly is uh, persistent genital arousal disorder, or P.GAD, and like what's the cause there?
1: Okay, so um, this is like a phenomenon in which like um uh, afflicted women uh experience spontaneous genital arousal. And uh like unresolved what I mean like what I mean by this is like unresolved by orgasms and triggered by sexual or non-sexual stimuli. Um what does uh what does this feel or what I what I heard that this feel because I never experienced, but many women find it hard to describe the sensation, but they do agree that it's very unpleasant and uh, the typical words that they use is like uh like this is like a congested or swelling or like burning, not it, it, itching, itching, you know, like uh, a restless feeling in in the clitoris and in the vagina or the labia or pelvis or upper legs.
0: Wow! Oh, then that sounds truly awful. I don't want to have an orgasm all the time now. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know.
0: I guess like too much of a good thing can be a very bad thing. Yeah, there, that's right?
1: exactly what I oh,
0: feel. No. like.
1: All scrums are are bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel bad now because like <laughs> I would love to live in a constant state of orgasm. It feels great.
1: Yeah, and isn't is not yet curable? There's no treatment for this. That's the saddest. There's thing. no treatment. Yeah, but the oh, symptoms no. can be managed. You know, like in, on, on an ongoing basis, uh, to improve the quality of, of life of people with this condition, but it's not like totally treated. If you
0: know. Okay, Are, have you ever had to? Uh, have you ever had a client that had persistent genital? Arousal yeah, disease? I had
1: once uh, back in Dominican Republic, and I remember she struggled a lot with this, and um, she was very frustrated about the situation. And me and my professor at that time. Uh, gave her some exercise and actually improved the situation, but as i say it, it it didn't like it didn't have like a complete uh cure or it wasn't completely curable.
0: Oh gosh, what are some of the ways to treat it if I may ask, or at least to manage it
1: well um I don't know if you have heard about kegel exercise.
0: Oh, yes, Kegel. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Kiko. Yeah. So um this is one of them. Um because if if the woman knows how to like to manage this this her pre- pelvic floor, she can also like manage to maybe stop this or to like or maybe to pulse it. And in combination with that, uh, we always recommend meditation mindfulness yoga because still stuff make her feel more calm and actually if she is in a, like in a state of calmness she she might be able to feel less the impact of this
0: okay so cuz i always thought kegels were more for like uh, helping achieve orgasm and you're also, you're telling me that it can also manage yeah, yeah, a decrease yeah, yeah. in orgasm
1: yeah because if as I say, if, if she knows how to control the pelvic floor muscles, she can like maybe put an a, like, like kind of stop uh, or like, you know what I mean? Like if very different, what a woman do Kegel exercise, because for every, uh, inorgasmia or, or P, PJD, PHAD, what are we, we all talking about? Like if they control their pelvic floor muscles, they can control better the situation.
0: Okay, cool. I did not know that, actually, to, that your Kegels will help manage the uh, P. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, there's also this other myth that I'm hoping you can uh, bust for us. Um, age. When is there an age when women are unable to orgasm, or can you have an orgasm well into your senior years?
1: Well, there's a lot of, of like, uh, debate about uh, what age do orgasms begin. And, like, I mean, like, although most people can experience orgasm fairly often by the age of 10 or to 15. 10? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Actually, I wrote, a, I wrote something about that because I, I personally experienced my first orgasm at age 8. Really? Yeah, that's so
0: cool. Yeah. I can't even remember when I first yeah. fir- experienced and my first orgasm. Time, time, I'm kind of jealous.
1: <laughs> at that time, for sure, I, I didn't know it was an orgasms, but I remember that I used like to to hold my legs together and just like make a pressure on my vagina, and I remember feeling something very good for me. And then when I study uh, sex therapy. I, I was like very very interested in this topic and they told me that usually for a woman it starts between age 10 and 15 even if wow it was, what, what is okay
0: because for me the earliest memory of my first orgasm would have been like uh i want to say when i was like 12 like i because uh, you know i was always taught that like masturbation is bad never touch yourself respect your body but like when i touched myself and it like felt good and I kept doing it and then like this white fluid came out of me I was like oh no I made a mess I have to clean all this up oh wow that's really cool so so it does start at a very early age but like uh my question is does that stop at a specific age like can you still have an orgasm when you're 80 years old or 90 years old
1: yeah yeah for sure it doesn't stop any 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 moment like woman can a woman can experience orgasms her entire life and this is actually very I'm like so so good to to know this because sometimes people believe that after a certain age woman can have uh, sex or they stop like having sex but she can always have solo sex and achieve orgasms even with a eight eight years old 80 years old.
0: <laughs> Yay, I love that. That means that I'm able to have sex. I'm able to have an orgasm on my deathbed because that's what I want. <laughs> I want a very hot man to come fuck me until my dying breath so that I can oh God. see God and see I heaven. You.
1: <laughs> I think I want the same too. <laughs>
0: oh yeah! Oh, i want that so bad for me i want to be like i'm old and wrinkly and like i'm dying of old age and then i just hire this beautiful escort to come and like you know suck my dick and eat my ass and then i'm just like ah, okay bye my soul comes out of my body and yeah. i'm just like i'm ready to enter heaven and just party <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know leave it like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I want that, oh my gosh, okay, um, I also want to ask about uh different female orgasms, because yeah. when we think orgasm it's just like one, but I know that there's different types of orgasms. Let's focus on the genitals, okay, okay, uh, which parts are more susceptible? for stimulation if uh you want to achieve an orgasm
1: okay there's three three main uh kind of orgasms or type of orgasms so they are vaginal orgasms cervical orgasms and cl- clitoral orgasms so the the vaginal orgasms is when the primary site of a stimulation is the vagina without the stimulation of the cervix and the cervical orgasms is when the focus of stimulation um, is a specific, a specifically applied to the clitoris. And there's clitoral orgasm that is the simulation is uh, applied to the clitoris. Like some women prefer stimulation that is combined to the vagina or cervix or both. And others prefer stimulation that, that is only confined to her vagina or cervix or both. And others just focus on the clitoris. So these are the main 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 types of orgasms.
0: In case there are straight men listening to this episode, can you tell us where to find this magical clitoris?
1: Yes. Um. Well, I mean, like, each kind of orgasms is different and like, there's like a lot of debate because some women say that they can difference between one of another. But I believe the, like the best kind of stimulation is in the, like in the superior lips of the vagina, like just to move it. Like, um, I don't know, like this is the, 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 the perfect or the perfect, um, side of stimulation because you can have the you can have her crazy you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and most of the women need this to achieve orgasms uh it's not only penetration uh, or fingering if you if you can do both like for example the penetration and touch her in this superior lips um inferior lips it's that's awesome. Like that's the best kind of simulation for achieving orgasm.
0: Right, right. No, but the clitoris. Like uh I want the guys to know where they can find it. So if they're looking at a pussy mm-hmm. and they're totally lost, where should they go to find this clitoris if they want their partner to have a clitoral orgasm?
1: In just in the center. Like if I if I should like just show the the picture, but just go to the center. And if you can find it, just open the, the big lips and you're going to find it. But please, please, please find it because most men can't find it. <laughs> frustrating.
0: Have you ever been with a partner yeah. that can't find your Twitter?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. And I need, I need to teach them, like even with a mirror, like, look, this is this, 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 this. Okay. This is where you need to stimulate, please. Thanks.
0: <laughs> you should have like I don't know a video game or something. Yes, like, yes. When they find it, they'll get like you know all the points.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I think lesbian sex sometimes is more um, mm-hmm. it's it's better because they actually know where the clitoris is.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> I have uh, spoken to my lesbian friends, and they told me all like the stories of how. The women that they slept with, uh like they were able to discover that they can squirt because they have sex with other women. I'm like that is amazing and I want that. Yeah. And like um same with me, like I guess uh the equivalent would be like a prostate orgasm, you know, if I was like, you know, because uh, i 'cause I'm I'm big, I'm talented, you know, all the men listening to this right now, you know. <laughs> so going a little bit into cervical orgasm, mm-hmm. um, that sounds really, really deep. How do we safely achieve a cervical orgasm?
1: Most of the time is like when the penetration is very, very deep and rough. Like for example, in the doggy position, and like in the, when the woman is on top and they actually move uh, the. It's, it's just when like the penis touch the the wall. Um, or the, yeah, the the pared, yeah, the wall yeah, when the penis the penis touch the the wall like when they don't have where to go next, that's when they have cervical orgasm
0: okay, so they penetrate and they feel like some sort of dead end or something, they know that they've hit the cervix and then that's where they can start to like, you know, stimulate from there, okay, awesome can you recommend any toys that will help women uh, achieve orgasms, whether it be in the cervix, in the clitoris, or in the vagina? Like, uh, because I know that there are some women out there with partners whose penis isn't going to be like, you know, mm-hmm. that big or that long, and that's totally fine. But like, what are some toys that? can help aid them in their orgasm journey?
1: Okay, so for like to having cervical orgasms that are the one that we were talking about um, in a, a moment ago, um, I, I recommend Dildos because they, they are the one that just like uh, do the penetration stuff. And for the vaginal or clitoral orgasms, I recommend uh, sex toys that is actually, I have tried and it's my favorite, is the clitoral socked because it's like like something that, it's like having oral sex from someone, but even better because this stuff doesn't get tired. <laughs> so yeah, that's my main sex toys that I recommend to my clients, dildos and fit socks.
0: Oh, okay. I love that. I'm definitely gonna put that in the show notes if uh, the audience wants to buy for themselves. Uh, do you know why some women are afraid to use toys? Like, is there some shame revolving around that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still, there there's still a lot of taboo with sex toys because um, some some like I don't know why society or like people uh, keep telling woman that you you have a sex toys when you are not like uh fulfilled in your sex life and they have this misconception about if you if you start using a sex toy then you're not gonna like have sex with a human because you're gonna be satisfied with the sex toys and for me that is no sense because it's like different stuff you know what i mean like there's a moment for everything there's a moment to just have solo sex with a sex toy and there's a moment that you can even bring sex toy with your partner uh with without like partner sex so yeah i think we we need still to do a lot of work in this because like we try we need to normalize using sex toys
0: oh yeah for sure because sex toys are great i mean i don't understand the shame behind it because it's like some people use glasses for reading some people use a wheelchair to move around some people just need a sex toy to have an orgasm doesn't mean you're broken it doesn't mean that you're you know not working or that you're unable to have an orgasm it just means you need a little help
1: yeah and like that's totally fine or you just need a little fun to add to like to a long relationship that they're just, like, tired to fuck each other. They just need a a toy, you know, to to make things more interesting or fun or, you know, it's healthy.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And also, like, the moment I stop buying toys is going to be the moment I find a penis that can vibrate at 6,000 rotations per minute. Yeah, I want that penis, and then you can stop buying me a toy. But until then... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be using my vibrator until yeah, the day I yeah, die. Yeah,
2: that's true.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so going a little bit into that um, shame of like a woman being unable to have an orgasm. I know that like some women out there they lie to their partners about having an orgasm. Can you go a little bit more into that? Why some women lie to their partners about having an orgasm?
1: Oh my god! This is one of my favorite topics because um, I always uh, like I always ask my clients, "Why are you faking? Like, like you are not, you are getting nowhere faking." So the thing about this is like it's very tricky because woman, uh, a, like a woman do- doesn't want to feel uh, like she can, she doesn't like be be vulnerable in front of their their partners like and just tell him to that she's faking because she doesn't want him to feel bad. for that's the first reason. And two, she I mean like when a woman accepts or admits that she's having she's having faking orgasm, um, she's like kind of telling their partners that they can experience this kind of pleasure, if you know what I mean. So so I don't know, man. Like, um, I don't know why they fake, but it's so, it's so bad for them and for their sex life because you, once you start faking, it's hard to stop. Oh no. Yeah. 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 And the, the thing about this, the easiest it's because, it's easy for a woman to fake because we don't have ejaculation. So they just like want them, the partners to feel good and, don't, don't don't not feel ashamed about that, and they just fake fake fake. And some some men does doesn't have like even the experience to know if they are faking or not. And some women are are good faking too. So
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's all because men are very dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm proud of of every woman that take the first step in in their like in their recovery of this and that actually takes action in this because I know this is the easiest way to maybe, it, it, it seems like the easiest way to, to do or to like, you know what I mean? Like it's the easiest path, just faking, but at the end is a awful path or this is like the worst for them. But I'm proud of everyone that actually made the, like the,
0: the commitment or the inside of working in this. Mm, oh my gosh, yes! So you need to be honest with yourself, so that you can be honest with your partner, and that you can have a very honest orgasm. I mean, the only time I've ever faked my orgasm is so that I can get the guy out of my house, and i just like, I'm, I'm done, I'm over it. Uh, your breath started to smell, and you farted without like telling me. I'm 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 gone. Bye.
2: Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, my goodness. So uh, MoMA, we are coming close to the end of this conversation. I want to give the listeners something something to take away from this conversation, something that we can, you know, keep in our minds and our hearts about uh, closing the orgasm gap. So how can women? be more of an advocate for themselves to have an orgasm and how can women's partners help close that orgasm gap
1: okay so the the main thing in here is communication communication is key um if you like as you say, get honest and tell, honest with you and with your partner and tell, tell him the needs that you have, the desires that you have, like leaving aside the taboos or like, or the stories that you have created around sex or or orgasms. You, I know that you will like come to, to a good end because, um, what is important in here is that you can always communicate how you feel or what you need or What what you want in bed, and this gonna change everything for you.
0: Oh my God, yes! Be communicative, like tell your vocalize your needs, people. Mm -hmm. Tell tell them what you want. Tell your ask yourself what you want, and then you can start going after what you want. Ah, my goodness! This whole conversation has been absolutely orgasmic, Mama. Muchas gracias. You know. Estas muy inteligente, muy hermosa, Gracias. muy todo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gracias por invitarme. I appreciate that. And this was like a very, very funny and interesting conversation
0: with you. Oh, thank you. I try to make all of my guests comfortable and laugh uh, with my silliness, with my with my tired voice. I'm just like, it's been such a long day. I'm probably going to add some bloopers here. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, okay. Um, but uh mama before we sign off where can people find you on the internet if they want to work with you or they just want to see what you're up to
1: you can find me as aware mama in all social medias instagram twitter and my website is awaremama.com
0: muchas gracias uh mama thank you thank you thank you very much for all of the work that you do with closing the orgasm gap and with helping women out there achieve the beautiful orgasm and to all the listeners that have tuned in right now thank you again for listening to another episode of the sex ed with tim podcast hasta luego i'll see you at the next episode bye thanks for listening to the sex ed with tim podcast sex ed with tim is created and produced by me tim lagman music is aces high by kevin mcleod Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at gay and at sexed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sexed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Eu